Hi, I'm Amanda and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas, experiences and have conversations to explore the self. By developing our own self-awareness, we can better show up for ourselves and those around us and hopefully all live happier and healthier lives. On today's episode, I'm sharing a bit of a personal story and an account about my separation and divorce, what I learned during that time, some of the challenges that I faced, and ultimately what really helped get me through that time. I think it's safe to say that 2020 was a rough year for everyone. It was particularly rough for me um, because I'd started off the year married still, going to couples counselling, trying to work through some of our stuff with my ex and then COVID happened. Tourism dropped immediately in Niseko, in the ski town that I typically live in. And it really changed the vibe, the environment there. And I also started my yoga teacher training. That was the first one that I took. And I completed that training feeling very transformed and in deeper connection with myself, understanding myself a lot better. I remember setting out at the start of that teacher training going, I don't want to teach yoga. I've, I've, before then, I honestly had never had a desire to teach yoga. I'd gone along to classes and really enjoyed them. I did it to deepen my own practice in yoga, but also to help supplement teaching freediving. That was the goal. Side note, the really ironic and funny thing about that is now I've taught so much more yoga than I have freediving. And I will continue to, and I'm very much okay with that. Um, yeah, so that happened and it was shortly after I completed the teacher training, I think about a week after that, um, my ex and I called it and it was a dark, lonely time in Japan being there. We had some close friends there, but it's really not the same as, um, obviously people who you've kind of grown up with, you know, a couple of my, my best friends were all my best friends were in Oz. On top of that, the uncertainty within the world, I didn't know what to do. And I had spoken to a few of my friends and let them know that we had made the decision to separate. And that was such a painful decision. I don't think I've ever cried so much in my life. I think when people talk about grief, we often think just about death, right? But there is this, but grief exists when we end relationships. It's the death of a relationship, except that I guess when it comes to a death, a physical death of an individual, there's there's almost something that feels final. And this death of a relationship is like we as two individuals continue on and, and I really struggled with navigating that space. And I'd gone through breakups before but 
obviously this was really different, um, ending a marriage. I think one of the hardest things for me when I look back now in hindsight was grieving at multiple levels, you know, grieving the loss of the relationship, grieving the loss of the future that I had imagined, grieving the loss of my best friend, of someone who has been in my life for so long and has played such a profound role, a significant role and has had a huge impact in my life, the loss of that person and the shoes that they fill. So I I think on the on the outside I was doing a bit more okay and you know still going to work and getting things done and hanging out with friends and stuff. But inside it was quite painful. We were still living in the same house although in separate rooms and I don't really think that that made it much easier for each of us. There were a couple of times when we'd kind of just sit together and cry and it was really sad. Um, I still am, well, you know, and I'll say this when I have these conversations, particularly with friends or close people, you know, that, that it's the most loving separation and divorce I could have imagined. We both held and still hold a lot of respect for each other. Um, and something like separating is already so painful as it is. And I'm glad and grateful that neither of us felt the need to add any extra complexity with that, to overcomplicate it with our egos or anything. Something that was quite challenging as I said, was not having access to our friends and family properly. Of course, we have the internet, we have phones and stuff, but what I've come to realise is physical presence of people matters, right? It makes a difference. And part of my loneliness in those months afterwards was, I guess, this acknowledgement um, that it can sometimes feel like in that moment your life is standing still but everyone else continues moving on, right? Like this is this big thing that happened, this eruption but everything else keeps going and you're kind of just isolated and alone in that. I was a little butthurt um, I think that might be an Aussie phrase. Well, I'm going to use it anyway. Um, a bit butthurt. It's, oh, not, this is not the time to explain it. Maybe I'll include it in show notes what butthurt means. I was a bit butthurt by the fact that um, I knew that, you know, kind of word had gotten out a bit and that a lot of people who I considered friends didn't reach out to me. And at the time I was butthurt about it, something I reflected on later was just this acknowledgement of, well, you know, I, I also recognise that that's a bit of a tough situation for people. 
I don't think anyone ever really knows what to say or what to do. Um, but I acknowledge that, yeah, you know, people are just trying their best, whatever it is. And it, that was my own expectation, perhaps my own hope, maybe project. And I was projecting that onto them, but I did realize what community really meant for me by that point. I guess I'm sure there's some saying about you really kind of know who's there for you when things really get rough. It's not just in the good times, right? And I remember sitting there going, we had 230-something people at our wedding and here in the separation here in the mud, in the darkest moment and point of it all, how many people are really there for me then? And of course there were, there were, you know, a handful of people. And as a result of that, our connection, our friendship, our relationships deepened so much more because then you really see, I guess, um, the willingness that people have to be there with you through the hardest moments and I'm I'm very grateful for that. And what I learned from that is what community really means for me, what it means for me to call someone my friend because of my capacity and willingness to show up for other people then. I learned that I want to be someone who if I if I call you a friend, that I'm going to be there if you're going through a separation. I'm going to be there to check in as much that I can. Um, I suppose because in part a lot of people who I had considered friends weren't there for me in the same way and that was tough. And I guess that was a bit of an awakening. I think for someone, for me, who growing up in church you have this almost this false sense of friendship not because the friendships themselves are false but because you're around all these people constantly week in week out multiple times a week so you develop relationships and I learned it through traveling and I learned it even more through my separation that sometimes those relationships exist simply because you have that thing in common, whether it's, you know, your workplace, school, whatever it is, that it is a physical environment that fosters that relationship and that for many of those relationships they actually wouldn't hold up if it weren't for the, that, that common element the convenience of the common element because when all of that was taken away, when I obviously as a traveller no longer was in Australia, was no longer within church, well then who then was there? And I grew up thinking that I had many friends. You know, I, I am very sociable, I I'm extroverted, love being around people, have always considered myself someone with a lot of friends. But yeah, going through the separation allowed me to understand the true meaning of friendship 
the true meaning of community for me that it meant something a lot more and wasn't just I'm here when it's convenient um, and I'm glad to have learned that. I think that perhaps opened my eyes a bit more to my own naivety uh, and has allowed me to be very selective with whom I spend my time. And that's a pretty great thing. Looking back on, you know, it's been over three and a half years um, since my ex and I separated. Looking back on that time, I would say that one of the things I perhaps regret, maybe maybe regret isn't necessarily the right word, um, but I do <laughs> regret is jumping into a relationship really soon afterwards and that was the not so great one. But I can see as well that for me doing that, I it's in part the reason why I stayed in it for so long was a fear of failing at yet another relationship. And I don't, I think I couldn't cop that loss again or feeling like I had messed everything up and accepting defeat again and that is in part why I a big part I believe of why I stayed that on top of you know the gaslighting and me thinking that I was crazy so I just had to work on myself and I, I do I learned a lot from that so the part of me that doesn't regret it is because ultimately I know that it has shaped who I am today. Uh, I guess I'm just not always sure that you have to have all of these experiences to shape you in a positive way. You know, we don't have to always go through that shitty relationship to learn to value ourselves. We don't have to go through, um, yeah, dealing with, with toxic people um, to recognise our value and stuff. So I, I regret it in part um, because I ignored my instinct and my inner wisdom. But, of course, again, the learning from that is to not do that, to really listen to myself. In the time since then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So there's a lot to look back on and to to see where I was as an individual, as a married woman, what I, yeah, all of the complexities that were me at that time. And I have a lot of compassion for myself. I know that I was doing the best that I could in that moment. I was not prepared for how much of a loss it really was. And that is not to say I regret the separation or anything at all. Um, it's just to say that, you know, we can obviously only know what we know. And at the time I wasn't prepared really for it. And, and it was tough. 
I think one of the hardest things in making that decision at the time was this fear of how I would look, how we would both look to the church. Even though we hadn't gone to church sometime, we're still connected with a lot of our community. And I remember feeling like a failure on multiple levels, that I had failed God as a Christian, you know, because marriage is, what I was told is like marriage is this union between two people and God and it's a covenant and this promise. So I felt like, okay, on one level I'm like failing God, two, I'm failing my community, I'm failing the church, what's everyone going to think? Three, I'm failing like we're failing our families. What are they going to think? And finally that I felt like I was failing myself. I really struggled with um, knowing then what marriage meant to me if I was willing to get a divorce. I struggled with trusting my word after that because I thought, well, I'd given my word at the altar and I'd promised my life and in that moment I did believe I was going to spend the rest of my life with this person and yet here I am four and a half years later and I don't and I don't get it. And that's a lot, <laughs> I think, for anyone to face and to manage. And I can't really say that I had much guidance through it. There wasn't really anyone who I could speak to to navigate that space with. I had one other friend who had uh, been separated and divorced in church and I'd watched how isolated she'd become from the community. Uh, and so that was even a, f a fear, of course, that isolation. You know, we have this deep core need for safety and for belonging. And I felt like ending my marriage would abolish both of those things. And that's tough, hey? I guess despite that, um, I was okay following through, despite all of the fear, I was okay with following through with the decision that felt right um, and did it anyway. But all of that mounting fear was very isolating. And I guess I'm, I'm sad to say that a lot of that perhaps not, I don't want to say it's like completely true, but there, but I did, you know, kind of still feel a bit extra extradited. Is that the right, is that the right word? No, no, because extradited is like you send someone to another country. Today's perhaps not the right day for words for me. I felt cast out essentially. Um, and, you know, since then, like I said, I've come to really know 
my community. I've come to really know my people and those who I feel unconditionally loved and accepted by, even those who perhaps disagreed with my decision, with our decision, disagreed with certain aspects, whatever it is, but who still love me and and hold a safe space for me, which is a beautiful thing. I wanted to share a bit about this story, I guess, to highlight the importance of people in our lives and also perhaps to serve as a bit of a reminder that if you're going through a separate, you know, any kind of breakup separation, that that's tough and that it is really hard. It can feel very isolating and lonely and I hear you. But also that if you know someone who's going through that, just to check in. It's a really tough space. It's one, especially among the church community, is a very lonely space to be in because it's not something that we talk about openly enough. There is this deep sense of failure and little space for love and compassion to hold to people who are already hurting in any kind of regard. So I would encourage you if you have any friends who are going through a separation, divorce, breakup, just ask them how you can be there for them. In some way, something that was a blessing in disguise for me was um, COVID happening. I guess it allowed me a bit of space and kept me kind of out of the country for a bit. I, I didn't know how to confront going back to Perth. Um, and going home and like seeing lots of people. I felt so ashamed. I felt like I'd really, yeah, that I, I was just this this complete failure, sinner, all of those things. And I'm really glad that I don't hold on to any of that shame anymore. That I have compassion for myself, for both of us, for me and my ex that we were doing the best that we could with what we had and that it was something that came out of love and respect for each other and a desire for both of us to be happy, even if it meant happiness without the other, that that's ultimately what we wanted. So that's just a bit about my story. I hope that in sharing that it brings some value to you in some way or if you think that it could be valuable for someone else to share that with them. These experiences, these very human experiences can feel really challenging, really dark, really lonely sometimes. And so in recording these episodes, I just hope to remind you that you're not alone in it. So thank you for listening. Let me know what you think about this episode. If you have anything you'd like to share, I am very open to hearing you.
please follow the podcast on Instagram at self with Amanda. You can watch the show on YouTube. You can listen on Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please rate, review, comment, like, subscribe to the show. I release episodes every Thursday and I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye.